Welcome to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Today, we'll show you how to use the spirit of love and self worth to improve the connections with everyone else in your life. This program is your weekly gift, and it will keep on giving. You'll see. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jean Marie Farish. Hello and welcome, everyone. I hope you're all faring well. I'm Dr. Jean Marie, your Love Life host, and we are delighted for you to join us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, shining love light into your hearts and homes to empower your life with love. Our show today will help you gain knowledge about the power of healing with our amazing guest, Dr. Millie Derricks, joining us today from Mexico City on this deeply insightful episode, Understanding the Three Levels of Disease to Truly Heal. We all have experienced emotional, emotional pain, toxic shame, losses, and sorrow without realizing the resounding effects and impact on our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. How can we heal to the point where the emotional damage no longer controls us and the life we live? How can we understand that healing comes from the heart and the power of love? How can we become proactive in our own healing? Many have given up on the enjoyment of life and and the possibility of healing. I love this quote by Thomas Wolfe. The human mind is a fearful instrument of adaptation and in nothing is more clearly shown than in its mysterious powers of resilience, self-protection, and self-healing. So how can we truly rest, release tension, and empower ourselves with the knowledge of healing? Is healing possible? Our outstanding guest, Dr. Millie Derricks, is a master healer and true testament of healing. Diagnosed with the autoimmune disease of lupus, given two days to live, she was inspired to search for alternative means for dealing with her illness and healed herself. Founder and CEO of Conscio Consciousness and Evolution, trained in thanatology and Erickson psychotherapy, Millie is a hypnotherapist, alternative health facilitator, energy therapist, and author of The Concho Method, Heal, Expand, Evolve, and also Befriending the Wolf, the guide to living and thriving with lupus. Millie will educate us about the levels of disease and how to truly heal. As it is said, knowledge is power, and this show will open us up to new learning. However, we ask that you continue to prescribe to your medical and health regimen as you learn more alternative ways and knowledge about healing. So now I'm honored to welcome our outstanding guest, Dr. Millie Derricks, again joining us today from Mexico City on our show today, Understanding the Three Levels of Disease to Truly Heal. Welcome, Millie. Hi, Jean. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is going to be a great show, and I'd love for you to share with our listeners, you know, about your work and really your healing journey that inspired you to explore, you know, alternative ways for healing. Yes, thank you. Well, as you said, I was diagnosed with lupus and given two days to live, which was a, a really great shock for me. And after after my body was a little bit better, of course, I didn't die, and medical doctors got me through the crisis period, I started to look for causes, you know, for really the root cause of all these issues, of all these health issues. And I found out that disease is really rooted somewhere else. It comes out in the body, the body manifests the disease, and you get the symptoms. But it's it's somewhere else. And as you were saying, it has a lot to do with our emotions. And our emotions have to do with our thought patterns. And usually they come from beliefs that we create with traumatic experiences. So we really have to go deeply into disease to be able to heal it. And that's that's what my journey was about. I had to go into many techniques to really get into the root causes and all the 
all the tentacles, let's say, of disease. And that's that that was my conclusion, that you have to heal it from every level in order to really, really get it out of your system and really heal the root causes of the disease. Okay. Uh, Millie, did you ever give up? You know, the doctors had said you had only two days to live. Did, did you ever get to a point where you felt hopeless or you just said, I'm going to beat this? Well, I have to be honest with you. Sometimes I did. It was just such such a long journey that sometimes I did feel completely hopeless and just said, look, it's easier to die. But then a little light would come in my brain and said, no, if you're not dead yet, there's still hope. You mm -hmm. know, as long as we are in this body, there's always something we can do. And that I think that was the, the most empowering thing I could think for myself. There is always something you can do, even if it's just a very small thing, there is always something I can do for myself. And that gave me back hope so that I could retake the journey because it was a long journey to really find the whole the whole thing and really call myself healed. I think it was like 14 years. That, that's not a short time, you know? So it's, yeah, <laughs> I did yes. have my, my times of hopelessness and really giving up. But it didn't last long. I'm 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 quite an optimistic person. I want to think so. So I, I didn't last there for a while. If I had, I would have been truly depressed for a long time. Yeah, and just succumb to the illness and disease mm -hmm. and lack of hope. So I love your uh, insights about that. Very enlightening and motivating for listeners because so many times, you know, you get people get diagnosed and they go home and you know just give up and. Uh, you know, that has a lot, that probably a lot to do with uh, you know, this lack of motivation uh, to really, yeah, looking at, you know, having hope, having that hope. Yeah, because if you think that there's nothing to do, then there's nothing to do and you just curl up and literally mm -hmm. die. I, that, I could have done that at any time during the disease. But having that idea that I, even, even it's just a glimmer of hope that you know that something can be done, at least to feel a little bit better, even if it's just emotionally, just just have a bit of a smile. Yes. That little thing gives you hope. And as long as you don't lose hope, there's always hope. So oh, you can beautiful. always get better. Beautiful. And, you know, I know we, we're going to talk about, you're going to talk about understanding the three levels of disease. But before we get into that, and you talked about these underlying root causes and you know, I was thinking, you know, my uh, before my healing, I suffer from thyroid issues and the emotional aspects of that is associated with unexpressed thoughts and emotions, not having that strength to sh share my voice and speak my truth. And, uh, you know, the underlying attitudes of being a people pleaser, fears of being unworthy, all led to my thyroid issues and uh you know, uh, here I am speaking, <laughs> you know, yeah, sharing look my at voice now. in my books and my uh, 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 articles and the radio show and attracting guests like you. You know, I think we, we're kind of testimonies that you, you can't give up hope, but you have to know what is going on with me. And sometimes that may take, you know, access to a, 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 an energetic healer or mm -hmm. a person like you who can help people understand what are the underlying issues here? So, Millie, uh, let's get into these three levels of disease. Of course. The, the most obvious one is the physical one where you get the symptoms. And for that level, doctors are really good to get you out of the crisis and, and really following the medical regime is advisable. Of course, there are people that, that decide to go with alternative methods and whatever, whatever choice people make. It's their choice. But you really have to get your, your symptoms under control because when you're feeling horribly ill, you really can't do anything. It's even when you get a cold, you're just your head is yeah. just not in the game. Yeah. So you have to get your symptoms under control. Really, doctors are really good for this. And after you get the symptoms under control, you have to go into the emotions behind them. And usually the emotions are patterns that have been with you for a while. You know, you have anger issues that have been sort of suppressed because socially we, we don't get educated as to how to deal with our emotions. So you have fear, you have anger, you have a lot of issues that you haven't been able to express, as you were saying, with your thyroid issues, because it's just socially not acceptable to go around expressing our feelings. 
people get really nervous with that. Or if you're really sad and you start crying in a public place, people don't know what to do with you because we're not educated to see emotions. So after you see the emotional thing behind it, like, for example, you were a people pleaser, people pleasing means you're not pleasing yourself and you're not you're leaving yourself behind in everything. Mm. And I, I had that pattern, too. I was a people pleaser, too. And I was completely against showing any anger because I, I really hate violence. And apparently my parents do, too. So I was always chastised for throwing tantrums or being angry. So my anger got pent up because I couldn't express it because it wasn't socially acceptable. So we really have to go into the emotional state that brings us to the disease. And as you said, it's sometimes not easy and you you need a professional to help you get to those patterns because when you're too close to the problem, sometimes you can't see it. And these emotional patterns usually respond to thought patterns and beliefs. For example, if you're always saying to yourself, I'm not good enough, or I shouldn't bother people because if I bother them, they won't love me, which is a usual conclusion that, for example, kids come to when they're chastised for being angry, you sit and they get sent to the room, you start thinking that if you're angry, you will not be loved. And being rejected is one of the most, well, traumatizing experiences. So these thought patterns and these beliefs about ourselves make us be against our emotions, make us be afraid of our emotions. So we can't express them and they get pent up in the body and end up manifesting as symptoms. So the first level is emotional. Then you have to go into the mental emotional. But there is another level, and that is the energetic or spiritual level. And in this level, you go into into very deep patterns of beliefs. And even they can even come before birth. Like if something happened to your mother while she was pregnant with you, like a big fright, or she lost somebody and she was in a in a deep grief. You as a baby don't understand what's going on, but you still get the emotion because she gets all the chemicals in her body and you get the chemicals and you don't know what's going on. So you think that that emotion is yours. And to be able to really get into this energetic, let's, let's call it energetic part of the disease, you have to go into the deep, deep emotional cause. And that's usually in the unconscious mind. And for that, you usually need help. It's very difficult to get to the root cause of the unconscious mind if if you're not trained for it, let's say. But in the energetic level, actually, there are machines now that can measure your aura and your energetic signature. And you can see these traumas there. And until you go deeply into them and you can erase them from your whole energetic body, they're going to still cause symptoms. Maybe the symptoms will be different. Maybe one, sometimes you get a cold and then you get thyroid issues. And then when you deal with those and you get the medication, you have stomach problems because mm-hmm. the body is talking to you. Mm-hmm. So what I always tell people who come to see me, my consultants, I tell them never underestimate any symptom. The symptoms of your body are talking to you. Your body is telling you that there's something going on. So you can never underestimate a symptom, especially if it's recurrent. If you usually get throat problems or stomach issues, then you really have to look into those, into the emotional part. Because there's something there, your body is telling you that there's something there that you haven't been able to, well, to come to terms with. So that's a really, really important part. Never underestimate any emotion. All of the emotions are normal and natural and human, and they're part of our kit of being human. So we have to express them all. And they're they're very, well, natural. And they're good ways of expressing them. You don't have to be angry and hurt somebody. You can always go and scream by yourself in the bathroom or, or hit a couch if you're really angry. Or if you're really afraid, probably fear is one of the most well, harmful emotions because of all the chemistry they, it produces. And if we don't deal with our fear, we get it like for a long time in our body. And that becomes stress. And stress makes us very ill. I think stress has been called the illness of the 21st century mm. because of the, all the ill effects it has. Wow, that's that's so uh, 
empowering for you to share that. And I think what's so important, you're uh, indicating that we should pay attention to our bodies because mm-hmm. how many times do you dismiss things and then you look up and here it is a, a major problem and it's like, gosh, I should have paid attention you mm-hmm. know, to the headaches I was uh, getting or, you know, the pain that was in my stomach or whatever. And you just mm-hmm. kind of go along and hope that it'll go away. But I think, you know, as you indicated, you really have to notice that and pay attention to that and just, you know, don't just, uh, you know, d- disregard what your body <laughs> is exactly. telling you. Right. Exactly. I think that was one of my my most powerful insights into myself, which is why I call my my whole method about consciousness, because I have to become conscious of myself and what my body is telling me mm. every single time. And if if you catch it when it's really young and when the, when the symptom is just coming along, you can heal it very fast. When it becomes a real issue, then it's much harder to, well, to heal because yes. it has a lot more a lot more stuff going on, let's say. Yes, that is so uh, insightful. And, uh, you know, as we talk about fear being uh, really a, a detriment to us and how often do we get fearful? I mean, we look around, there's always something that catches our attention and we can go to that fear mode. And, and as you indicated, those uh, patterns uh, that we've been uh, uh, dealing with through the course of our lives that need to be revisited and changed. We have to really, you know, gather that insight. And again, uh, with the support of, you know, a therapist as yourself. And I'd like to share with our audience before we go on break that Millie has presented in Madrid. She's featured in a major documentary, Facing Fear by Bill Bennett, that she'll share more about. But I think we're up for a commercial break. Uh, now, so don't go away. We'll return shortly with more on understanding the three levels of disease to truly heal with Dr. Millie Derricks joining us today from Mexico City. She's a, a hypnotherapist, energy therapist, alternative health facilitator, author of the Concio Method, Heal, Expand, Evolve, and Befriending the Wolf. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at drjeanmariefarish-consciousloving.com. That's drjeanmariefarish-consciousloving.com. Or click the link on the Love Light show page. Best-selling authors international, news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love. Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love. And enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. I'm Judy Satori. I'm a spiritual channel and activator of human potential. You might have heard me speaking on the Voice of America on Dr. Jean Farish's show, Love Light, because I've been speaking about the challenges that are besetting all of us right now and how we can surrender but also keep on going. I want to invite you to join my new Facebook group that is devoted to heart-centered connection and unity. Through this Facebook group, you can also join my free access question and answer session with Spirit on the first Wednesday to Thursday of every month. Just search Ascension Community on Facebook to join the group. In this session, I answer questions and transmit energy from Spirit to give you guidance and support. 
because life on planet Earth ain't easy right now. And there is so much help from above, from beings of love and light, from multidimensional realities who are actually here with us, wanting to step up and support us. I welcome you to become part of our ongoing group conversation about evolutionary change and how it's affecting us as human beings and affecting our life today. Many blessings to you. You can find out more about me and my work at www.ascensionlibrary.org. Have a wonderful day. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean-Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book, We're All In This Together, Embrace One Another, an anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're all in this together. Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean-Marie Farish. Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Jean at Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Jean72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Welcome back to Love Light, Living in the Spirit of Love. And if you're just joining us, we are with our outstanding guest, Dr. Millie Derricks. She's a hypnotherapist, energy therapist, alternative health facilitator, author of The Concho Method, Heal, Expand, Evolve, Befriending the Wolf on our show today, Understanding the Three Levels of Disease to Truly Heal. And uh, Millie, thank you so much for sharing your story and giving us insights on these patterns and fears that can really uh, uh, what set up inside of us and cause these emotional and physical aspects of disease. And there is a possibility that we can reverse and heal. It may be possible, uh, but knowledge is power. So Millie, can you highlight more on these patterns, the, you know, these beliefs and patterns that can create uh, disease uh, processes in our bodies. Sure, I well, as you were saying in the in the documentary in facing fear, we get a lot of information from many experts around the world about this feeling of fear, which is really one of one of the worst for for our bodies. But the the three worst actually are jealousy and anger, hmm. and then guilt, insecurity, and not being enough. And the worst, the absolute worst is fear, grief, and impotence. Because when you feel impotent, you lose completely hope. But let me go a little bit into fear, because since it's the worst, and all of us have fear of something, and the world is sort of designed around fear. If you listen to the news, or you go around talking to people or whatever, there's a lot of fear going on. And that fear really makes us sick. So first, let me go into what processes the body goes through when you're in fear. It makes us produce adrenaline and cortisol because our body thinks that that fear is a threat coming to you right now. Your body does not know the difference, either your brain, from imagination, from something that's a real fear, to something that you're just imagining. So you produce the same chemical reactions. And adrenaline and cortisol 
what they do is it sends the blood to the muscles so that if we can do that faster, we can run or fight. But that takes the blood from other metabolic activities like digestion of food, repair of damaged tissue. It also decreases the immune system because if you're fighting or fleeing, fighting bacteria is the least of your worries. So, for example, in the in the Facing Fear documentary, it says how all these processes happen in the brain and affect the body. And the body really resents stress. Stress is fear in time because fear, if it gets resolved, if there's really a truck coming at you crossing the street, you get a fright, you get all the adrenaline going, you run, the danger passes, and then you just get rid of the adrenaline by running or by screaming or whatever you do in that moment of fear. And then the fear is gone because the danger is gone. But when the fear is imaginary and you keep thinking because it's a thought pattern and you keep thinking about it and you keep recreating those scenes in your mind. For example, my boss is going to to give me notice because I'm, I'm getting late because I didn't finish the project or my husband's going to leave me or uh, my kids are out in the street and something might happen to them. When you keep recreating the scenarios in your mind, your body keeps creating the chemicals as if that was happening now. Hmm. So that's that's something you really have to be attentive to. You have to pay attention to what your brain is doing, to what your mind is doing, and to your thought patterns. So what I tell people to, to deal with fear, it's, of course, as you know me, I like levels. So it's in three steps. The first level of fear is the real fear. The truck is coming at you or there's somebody with a gun. That's the real fear imminent happening now. And for that, you have to fight or flee. You have to do something about it. You have to get yourself out of danger. And that passes and it's gone. But you can't really go back to it. That's PTSD. When you go back to a situation in which you were, that's not happening now, and you keep imagining and relieving that scene. So that that's gone, okay? So you have to get away from it and the real fear is gone. That's what animals do. The lion does not chasing you anymore. You go back to grazing. I don't see zebras going over in their mind how the lion came after them yesterday. <laughs> they just don't. So they don't get PTSD because they don't recreate in their mind something that already happened. And then there's another level of fear, which is real fear, but not imminent. For example, if you live near an active volcano, as we do in Mexico, and that volcano sometimes erupts like it's doing now, then that it's a real fear. It can go into eruption. And for that, you need a plan. Also, mm -hmm. if you live somewhere when there's earthquakes or floods, you need to know what to do in that situation so that your mind can rest. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have a plan, your mind is always going to be trying to solve the problem. So any tremor, you will go into complete fear or panic because you think it's there's an earthquake going on and you don't know what to do. So you need to make a plan for real but not imminent fear. And then there's the third level, which is completely imaginary fear. And that fear is, I think, is the worst because these are the mental scenarios I was talking about, about things that are not happening not likely to happen, but that you are imagining. And that is rooted in your beliefs about yourself. For example, I'm going to get abandoned because as a child, one of your parents left or you were always put in your room or your parents traveled a lot. So you felt abandoned and anything that triggers that belief, like PTSD, you will go into fear as if that was happening again now. And those trains of thought, you really have to get under control. So looking at your mind processes is very important. And when you catch yourself going into one of these trains of thought and recreating that scenario, you have to go into something completely different. You can train your mind to do it. At first, it's difficult because your mind is used to these neuronal paths. As they're actually like roads in your brain that you, you get used to going along. But if you interrupt them, your brain can have another path to go along. So, for example, you start going into the scenario of fear 
and you catch yourself doing it and you change your mind completely. You go and see, I don't know, a funny movie or you talk to your best friend who's an optimist or you go out and do a hobby that really takes all of your attention and you really enjoy, like, I don't know, baking cookies or having a run or doing something that's completely different that will take your mind away from the from the catastrophic scenario so that you don't finish the movie. And if you don't finish the movie and you interrupt it, you get a new neuronal path. You get a, another alternative. And the brain, when you use that neuronal path more, makes it a more important road. It's as if you were building roads and the road you're used to is very traveled through and it's very used. And you are going to build a different one by getting out of your mind, by going do something different or think something different, whatever works for you because we're all different. There are people that are visual. You can go and look at something. There are people that are that are auditory. They can go and listen to music, to really upbeat music or start dancing. Depending on yourself, you can do very different things, but you have to find your own sort of antidote to the fear process scenario. So that I think that's really important to know. And let the fear out. There's a great technique that's just trembling. I was talking about zebras a little bit ago. And animals, what they do after the lion has gone or hunted something else, if you're not dead, they tremble. Trembling is one way to get adrenaline off your body. So you can just do it. You know, you can just stand there and shake your body. That will take the adrenaline away from your body. So you can always do that. That's very good for fear. So changing your mind, going out of the train thought and going into something else that produces good chemicals, endorphins or whatever other neurotransmitters you like, you can do something really pleasant for you and tremble to get the adrenaline away. So that's for fear. That's the absolute worst. So always know what real fear is, if it's real get away from it. If it's real, but not imminent, make a plan for it. And if it's imaginary, get control over your thought patterns and get yourself out of that loop any way you want to. Exercise, music, looking at something really agreeable, talking to somebody you really like, whatever works for you. Or a hobby. Hobbies are usually very good at this because they require your attention. I don't know, building a boat inside a bottle or writing a novel, whatever works for you. But really get into your own mind and do this. Mm. That is very empowering. And if we focus more on the fear, we create more fears. Isn't that correct? Of course, because your brain will go, will try to solve the problem. Your mind is trying to solve a problem. So if you go more into fear, you start thinking of more negative things that could happen because you're giving your brain more fuel for it. You know, it's like, like adding, adding wood to the fire because you're, you're, you're in that state. And since you're producing the chemicals for it, then the mind is going to start looking for reasons to be afraid because your mind is always trying to justify you. So if you go into fear, your mind will go into negative scenarios to justify your emotion. So that's why emotions and thought patterns go hand in hand. You cannot control one if you don't control the other. If you're thinking negative or fearful thoughts, your emotions will go hand in hand. Your body will produce the chemicals that go with the fear. And if your body is producing the fear chemicals, your mind will go into fearful thought patterns to justify having all this cortisol and adrenaline in your body. So you, you, it's, it's a combo, you know, you have to get to both of them. What you're saying is so practical. Let's look at anger, for example, and how, let's say you're you're in a state of anger. Someone made you angry. Then you go back to every situation where you felt angry. You know, it's how it becomes a cumulative kind of exactly. situation where you just, your thought patterns, you start ruminating on, you know, people who made you angry, right? <laughs> exactly. Especially if it's, a, if it's a situation that is alike, you know, if it's mm -hmm. always the same kid, acting up or it's always your partner doing something that makes you angry and anger anger is really interesting let me go a little bit into anger okay because anger has to to do with expectations hmm. 
So when you expect something to happen the way you want it to happen or somebody to behave in a certain way and they don't, that makes you angry. And it has to do with control. And you, most anger is directed at yourself because you didn't come up to your own expectations or something happened that didn't that you didn't control. So that's the anger is really interesting. So it has to do with expectations. It has to do with limits also, because somebody went over your limits. So you have to be really aware of your limits. For example, I don't know, you you always take a nap in the afternoon and it's very important for you. And if somebody comes and wakes you up from that nap, they're going over a limit of yours because your body needs the nap. So you're going to go really angry at that person. So it has to do with limits. It has to do with expectations. And it has to do with needs. If you have a need and you want that need to be covered or you expect that need to be covered by someone else and they don't, that gets you into anger. So the causes of anger are usually those. And you have to really realize what it was that gave you that answer to be able to solve it from the root. Because if not, it's you're just going to go, as you said, into the ruminating of, I'm this person and he's never there for me. And he blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yes, I love your clear explanation of that. And, you know, especially when you talked about expectations, you know, that's, you know, what I've kind of been doing, looking at releasing the expectations of yourself and unrealistic expectations and the expectations you have of others. And as Buddha says, expectations lead to suffering. And, yeah. you know, because we're trying to what be in control of others or you disappointed me because you were not the perfect friend or the right, you know, or whatever, you know, uh, you would like to whatever's causing you that kind of discord. So we're mm. bringing it on ourselves with the need to control and having these expectations that work against us, right? Yeah, and usually we expect things. And mm -hmm. for example, I, I really laugh about this because I, I even do it, but we expect something of our partner. Let's talk mm -hmm. about partners because yes. that's, yeah, that's the, the most usual thing that people come to me about. And I always tell my husband that I hate it when he bleep, whatever that. Mm -hmm. you know? And he always does it. Of course, he husband will continue to do that because that's how husband is. For example, my husband likes to party and he comes in late. And I used to get really angry about that because I was like, why are you being so disrespectful to my sleep? I'm here sleeping and you come in late and you wake me up and I really hate you for this. And then I realized that I met him this way. He's always <laughs> a party guy yes. and I'm not so much. So I go early from the party and I like to go to sleep. So my expectations of him coming home with me early are completely unrealistic. He doesn't like that. And if he does, he gets angry at me because then he is not doing what he wants. And then he comes with me, but he mm -hmm. comes with a really bad mood, you know. So somebody's going to get angry because our needs are completely different. He likes mm -hmm. to be with people and I get tired. Mm -hmm. So my need to go to bed and his need of being with people are at odds. Mm okay. And that used to be, a well, a re really big problem in a, in a couple. Mm. So when that, I, that's, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. So when I could lower my expectations of him coming home with me and he could come in quietly and not wake me up, that problem diminished a lot. I don't say it, it disappeared because mm -hmm. I still sometimes hear him and do wake up, but it's, it had, it's not a problem anymore. You know, it's, it's just yes. some, sometimes it's irksome. Yes. But it's like an itch. It's not it's not a huge problem anymore. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying, because we have these expectations or we think that we can change a person and, you know, accepting people as they are, or, you know, even in relationships, making whatever practical compromises. But there's some things that people are just not going to give up. That's who they are. That's what they enjoy. And, you know, finding ways to work with that, as you did with your in your relationship you're not, you know, annoyed, uh, uh, you know, to the extent that you were in the past. But, Millie, I think we're ready for another commercial break. So to our listeners, wow, this is so interesting. <laughs> Don't go away. We'll be right back with more from uh, our guest, Dr. Millie Derrick. She's joining us today from Mexico City 
hypnotherapist, energy therapist, alternative health facilitator, author of The Conchio Method, Heal, Expand, Evolve, and Befriending the Wolf on our show today, Understanding the Three Levels of Disease to Truly Heal. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Judy Satori. I'm a spiritual channel and activator of human potential. You might have heard me speaking on The Voice of America on Dr. Jean Farish's show, Love Light, because I've been speaking about the challenges that are besetting all of us right now and how we can surrender but also keep on going. I want to invite you to join my new Facebook group that is devoted to heart-centered connection and unity. Through this Facebook group, you can also join my free access question and answer session with Spirit on the first Wednesday to Thursday of every month. Just search Ascension Community on Facebook to join the group. In this session, I answer questions and transmit energy from Spirit to give you guidance and support. Because life on planet Earth ain't easy right now, and there is so much help from above from beings of love and light, from multidimensional realities who are actually here with us, wanting to step up and support us. I welcome you to become part of our ongoing group conversation about evolutionary change and how it's affecting us as human beings and affecting our life today. Many blessings to you. You can find out more about me and my work at www.ascension.com library.org. Have a wonderful day. Vicki Winterton and Dr. Jean-Marie Farish have compiled a dynamic book. We're all in this together. Embrace one another. An anthology with 24 highly diverse co-authors who share how to spread the message of love, resilience, inclusivity, and compassion. This book is an invaluable source of uplifting, inspiring, and positive insights for spreading positivity in the world. We're all in this together. Embrace One Another is available on Amazon.com. Be sure to get your copy today. Announcing Dr. Jean-Marie Farish's new book, Love Mastery Devotion Journal, 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations. This is the companion piece to Dr. Farish's best-selling book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being. Through the new book, we invite you to cultivate a lifestyle of love through daily devotional practices over a 21-day period following nine ingredients in the recipe of love. Love Mastery Devotion Journal 21-Day Weekly Prompts and Affirmations is available on Amazon.com and Balboa Press. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is proud to announce the release of her new book, Living in the Spirit of Love, Our Natural State of Being, available now at Balboa Press. This book will help you master your life and flourish in love. You'll learn how to become a better and more evolved you. Feel good by making life-affirming choices. Deepen your feelings and expressions of love. Tune in love and sustain the change. And flourish in love and find your joy. Visit BalboaPress.com and search for Living in the Spirit of Love and enjoy Dr. Farish's new book today. Jean Marie Farish's Center for Conscious Loving, LLC, cultivates a lifestyle of love and wholehearted connections through personal growth, altruistic services, and speaking engagements. Resources include classes, workshops, life care coaching, and creative service projects with an emphasis on cultural arts. Visit the website at Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. That's Dr. Jean Marie Farish ConsciousLoving.com. Dot com, or click the link on the Love Light show page. Best-selling authors international, news honors best-selling authors around the globe. Dr. Jean-Marie Farish is featured in the newly released issue of Published Magazine. To have first access to this treasured resource, go to PublishedMagazine.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. 
Feel free to connect with our program through email or check out our links on Facebook. Reach Gene at Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. That's Gene72Farish at Yahoo.com. And now, back to Love Light. Welcome back to Love Light, living in the spirit of love. And if you're just joining us, we are with our outstanding guest, Dr. Millie Derrick. She's joining us today from Mexico City on understanding the three levels of disease to truly heal. <clears throat> Millie is, an, is a hypnotherapist, energy therapist, alternative health facilitator, author of The Conchio Method, Heal, Expand, Evolve. And uh, in this next segment, she's going to talk more about this method. Millie, go right on. Yes, thank you. Well, the consume method is my healing journey, basically. So what I did is, well, you, you know, the whole healing journey. I tried out everything and went into all levels and did a lot of things. All alternative and I went into hypnosis and I went even into past life regressions and I did so many things and I studied everything that worked for me. So during the pandemic, when I couldn't see people, I, what I did is I started to order everything that I did. So the conscious method is basically that. It's everything I've done for myself and for my consultants in the last 25 years ordered in levels of consciousness. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing when we're healing ourselves deeply is we're healing from the consciousness. And being conscious is not that difficult. It's, as we were saying, being conscious of what your body is saying, being conscious of your thoughts, being conscious of me. And for me, consciousness has four levels. The first one is the really, well, the superficial one, like the body and what it's telling you. And I call that the egoic consciousness because it's it's the the one with it that's talking now. It's the waking consciousness, the one that we're really familiar with it's where we have a name and a gender and we are whatever and we have a nationality and we have a career and but what we define ourselves as if you're doing a cv or something that is your egoic consciousness and for me the ego is not evil or anything as other spiritual paths say because you need the ego to work in the in the world you need that to be able to have a job to get up in the morning to know that you are different roles that you are a mother and that you're a wife or that you are i don't know a, a social worker all these roles define us and they have to do with the ego so the the sane ego the good ego is the one that tells you who you are but doesn't believe it's the only thing that knows that it's just a part of you, that it's the everyday part of you and that it has its place and that it's good for it. But then there's the other levels of your consciousness. And the first book, this one, The Consume Method, the first one, which is Heal, Expand, Evolve. I'm going to write a second one with the most more subtle levels of consciousness. But this one is the transition between the first level, the egoic consciousness, and the second level, which is the empathic consciousness. When your ego is healed and you can love yourself, really love yourself, and I know you love you love to talk about love, so we're going to go into that in a, in a little while. But when you can really do that and accept yourself and accept your story as it is with no regrets and with no guilt and with no whatever, having forgiven yourself and forgiven everybody around you, then you can go into empathic conscious. Empathic conscio, and actually conscio means consciousness in Esperanto, but empathic conscio means looking at people as equal to you. They're also flawed, they're also human, but they're also they also have rights. They have the same needs as you. And you can see them as the same as you, as brothers or sisters, not as different, not as outside. You can stop living in fear, talking about fear, because we fear each other. The ego fears other egos because we are competitive, because we try to get on top of each other. But when you go into empathic consciousness, that disappears. 
because the other person is just as valuable as you and they have the same needs as you and they have the same rights as you. So this diminishes the competitiveness and the aggression towards others. Mm. And I think that step is really important now for humanity, just looking around and listening at the news and going into all that fear. We know that it's not what we want to live. I don't want to live like that. I'm sure you don't either. And I'm sure your listeners don't either. I love what you were saying, because really, you know, a lot of it, like you're saying, the fear and the competitiveness, and you talked earlier about jealousy even, right? You know, mm-hmm. and all these uh, negative uh, uh, emotions. This, And I love what you said, the same ego, the image that we have of ourselves, and then that the, the part of us that gets out of control with judgment and fears and competition and, <laughs> uh, exactly. and and looking down on others, not accepting people, being judgmental, all of those things that play out that we see happen every day, right? Right. And well, that diminishes when you start looking at the other person in an honest manner, like they're exactly the same as I am. And they have faults. Of course, they have faults. But so do I, you know, we're not perfect. Nobody is. So True. thinking that we are more knowledgeable or more perfect or more moral. Eh, um, I don't know. <laughs> you have to look at yourself honestly and really heal yourself and really accept yourself the way you are. But to do that, you have to be conscious of you and conscious of your feelings and conscious of your thought patterns and know that you have your issues too. Yes. You know? and, and I think, you know, what you're saying, uh, trying to accept yourself, uh, you know, acknowledge your story, you know, with no regrets, no guilt, no shame, because, you know, I talk a lot about how to create a new love story because <laughs> so many people are mired in the old stories and the old traumas. And of course, uh, there may be a need for professional help to deal with the PTSD and trauma, you know, yeah, from yeah, yeah. past uh, events or whatever. But you know, uh, becoming more conscious, you can't get any better than that because self-awareness is everything. Of course. And well, the method is exactly that. It takes the reader by the hand, Mm -hmm. step by step from the simplest to the more complex things that we have to heal. And I put in techniques for all of the steps. So for things that are not too grave, like a, like a really bad PTSD or a really bad depression that obviously needs professional help. Mm-hmm. But for regular people that want to heal, it has every step along the way. And it's like a manual that you can use. Like, for example, I have an emotion that I can get rid of. So I go to the, to the emotion chapter and see mm. what's going on there. But if you do it the way it's done, that's the way I healed. First, the body and the needs of the body and what we need to be well, and then the mind and the emotions, and you can you can build. It's it's like a like a Lego, you know. It builds upon itself. It's layered. So that's that's the way I did it, and I did it for people to be able to do this for themselves at home. Because as we were talking at the beginning, as long as you know that there's something you can do for yourself, however small that is, you will go back into hope, and that's the whole idea of the Conscious Method to give people hope that they can actually do something for themselves and that there are ways to heal that they can do at home with what they have and just feel a little bit better. Yes. And who doesn't want to feel better? And to know, and I think as you indicated, having hope, you know, even if you're dealing with a a disease or whatever, you know, having hope or taking one small step, looking at Millie's uh, book, The Conscio Method, with all of these step-by-step simple uh, approaches, uh, really is quite reassuring. And Millie is a testimony to, to, to the fact that healing is possible. That's what I used to heal myself. <laughs> wow. And you put it in book form. Amazing. I did. Finally. <laughs> And there's another book coming, right? You're working on it. Yeah, about the more subtle levels of consciousness, which are levels three and four. Level three is where all religions take you, which is the the consciousness of being one. There you go beyond just being brothers, you know, that the other person is just as valuable and has the same needs as I do, to we are actually one. We are the same thing. And that that's where religions take you all spiritual paths. But then there's the, the other one, the last one, the mo- the deeper one, which is the the source 
level consciousness. And that's the source of everything. That's where you go actually into, well, I I hate to call it the mind of God because it sounds a little bit, you know. That's what it is. Source God. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Universal consciousness on the exactly. higher level. Call right. It, call it the heart of universal consciousness. Yes. That's before it becoming anything. It's like the empty space laden with possibilities mm. from where God creates or universal consciousness creates and that we are a part of and where we create. So that's where we become the creators of our own lives and our own scripts and everything around us, really, because we are co-creators of our own experience or of our own lives and of the world we live in. So if enough people come to be conscious of their creator status level and we start creating the world we want and stop living in the world somebody else created for us that's full of fear and full of control because fear is a form of control of course we are controlled by fear but if we stop doing that and we start creating the world we actually want well yes. we could change the world you know <laughs> true what a gift to humanity and Millie uh, before we close out how can listeners access your book and do you have a gift for listeners Yes, I do. For anybody that writes to me mentioning the program, I would love to gift a, an ebook of this book for, I don't know, the first 10 people that write me an email mentioning your program. That would be great. And they can contact me through my webpage. It's really easy. It's www.concio, that's with a K, K-O-N-S-C-I-O dot MX and there's my email and my contact and all my my social media are listed there and everything you need to know about me is in the webpage. So I think that's the easiest. Okay. Way and Millie, share about this documentary before we close out. Just a few seconds before I close out about your documentary. Since it's the uh, end of the year and you're gonna yeah, uh -huh. that's really cool. And well, uh, Bill Bennett asked me to be in this documentary with uh, with 27 other world experts on fear like Jody Spencer and Bruce Lipton and all these beautiful great names and I'm very honored to be in that documentary and what we're doing what Bill is doing and I'm doing with him is presenting this documentary in different cities and since since I do this for you know I'm a therapist of it when, what I did in Madrid that worked really well and I want to take to the states now is present the documentary okay. give a talk on fear because it's about fear and then give give a workshop on how to get rid of fear on the same, you know, in the same city with the same people that see mm. the film, get the, okay. the course on it, and then okay. get the workshop on it. Well, so wonderful. I bring that to the state. So if anybody's okay. interested in me bringing it to the city, please throw me an email and we can get together and do this. I think mm. that's a great way of doing this. Well, wonderful. And congratulations on your documentary, Facing Fear. And uh, uh, thank you so much for being here today. We are very much more self-aware of uh, uh, the whole aspect of the levels of disease, consciousness, strategies that can take us out of fear and promote healing. So thank you so much. We invite listeners to listen to this show on demand and share our show with others. So mm -hmm. tune in next week for our show, Find Your Joy with Belinda Farrell and much gratitude to the Voice America team for making this show a reality and for shining their love light around the world. Be open to seeking help for healing, whether services of an energetic healer, the comfort of a support group, and other resources. And this holiday, give the healing gift of forgiveness to yourself and others. Uh, you can access my article published in Savannah East, The Innate Power of True Forgiveness, where I highlight conscious, deliberate conscious action, a compassionate heart, reflecting love, and evolving spiritually. We are truly grateful for our listeners who tune in live and on demand from many countries around the world. I'm Dr. Jean Marie, your Love Light host, coming to you from Voice America. And until we meet again, remember, an empowered self is a loving self. And keep your love light shining. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Love Light This Week. 
Be sure to join Dr. Jean Marie Farish again for another program next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a wonderful week filled with love, self-worth, and better connections.